Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxic tamer, and a crunchy mama, and my co-host. I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And we are officially in the Burr months. It is so cold. I know everyone that's up north is like, that's like a warm summer day. It was in the 30s this morning. It's a little cold for us Southerners. Okay. Yes. And to be fair, I'm not a Southerner, right? I wasn't born here. And when I was a kid growing up, like I remember being outside in 10 degree weather in a tank top and being like, this is amazing. So much fun, like diving in the snow Mm -hmm. in shorts and a t-shirt. And here it hits like 40. I'm cold. I need to go inside. I need my winter boots. It's yep. so the, crazy. The heated vest has officially come out. Oh, I love a good vest. Like Any, it's, it's got a battery and it heats up. Oh, you're not like, lying. No, it's, it's a heated, heated vest. vest. <laughs> it is legit. It's like having all the hand warmers, you mm-hmm. know, like the old school hand warmers and mm-hmm. sock warmers, but in an entire vest. Yep. What? Yeah, it's nice. I'll show you. I'll show you later. It's like wearing a heated blanket. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if you wear it under a jacket, like it keeps you warm. Like right. So toasty. Like my fingers almost fell off this morning with my Raynods. Like yeah. they turned like that weird color white. Yeah. They were so cold. Or it's like almost a scary, scary white. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, is blood gonna come back or not? I live I live in my heated vest. Well, I can laugh at so you. I'm, I'm glad you can too. <laughs> my little my little witchy fingers anyways for the month of december we thought it was a really great idea to focus on mental health because with the holidays and just the hustle and bustle everybody experiences different things and not all of it is positive happy go lucky you know just laughter and smiles and filled with filled with love and so we want to shed light on the entire month of just mental health and how mm-hmm. us as humans go through things just like everybody else and make it known that that's okay yes to go through things is absolutely okay i also have a cold still so i'm talking very snotty and nosy um you guys are just gonna have to deal with it sorry we're here we're here we're here we're human but you need to ask me oh yes what is in your cup okay i'm so proud of what's in my cup today so i met with my doula um yesterday and she gave me an awesome recipe i'm a huge coffee girl and you know that but coffee nutritionally does nothing, right? So I'm trying, especially as the weather changes, to fill my cup with more nutrient dense activities. Did you make a tea today? No, I didn't make a tea. But I was that was on the that was on the list. But no, I made an amazing pregnancy hot chocolate. So first of all, we made our own almond milk last night. Yum. Like from scratch, made almond milk. So I use that, let that sit overnight, and then I use that this morning. So it's almond milk. We're so proud of it. Homemade almond milk with pure cacao. So my um, doula gave me like Ayurvedic cacao Mm -hmm. with pure cacao, a little bit of maple syrup, some cinnamon, 
some, the one I can't say, cardamom. Cardamom? Yep. And, <laughs> and a little bit of organic pumpkin puree and a huge spoonful of ghee. Yum. And I put it on the stove, let it heat up and whisk it together while it's heating up. And now it's in my cup. And I'm so happy about it. I think I need one of those next time we record. I, know. I will. I will make it. It is so delicious and just so rich in nutrients and all that good ghee. Yes. Oh. How would you add protein to that? I would probably just add collagen. Okay. So it doesn't change, change your taste. Yeah. Yeah. Or do raw milk. I really would love to do raw milk. I just didn't have any. Um, but collagen, I probably do. So it doesn't add flavor. Okay. But yeah, yeah I'm a, I put collagen in my tea and I have my traditional um, oat milk latte. Awesome. So. It's a not a latte. It's a chai. Excuse me. I don't do dirty chais, so it's a chai with oat milk. And then, have y'all seen this? We have stickers. Well, we're working on. She has a sticker. I don't have a sticker. We're working on stickers. So, but this is just a poor man's test. For those of you who are listening, there's a sticker on her Tumblr, and it's a Discovery Doc sticker, and it's super cute. But she's the only one of the group that has one. So, and it has our tagline on it for our new. It's just kind of been our theme. Yeah. Of, it may be common, but it isn't normal. Yeah. So, and we're going to talk about um, mental health now because you and I both had really dark days, even with having a family of support and having people able to take care of us as adults being as sick as we were. Yes. And that is such a blessing and we don't take that for granted. But there were times that were just so dark and you hurt so bad and you can't explain how you need help and your family can't help you. And that's frustrating Mm -hmm. as well. And I mean, I remember there were just times that I would be hurting so bad. I would just put my head on the table, like sitting at family dinner and put my head Mm -hmm. on the table and other people were asking my parents, like, help her. And Mm -hmm. they were like, we don't know how to. Yeah. Like, and it's so... We see you. I want you to know if you were in that space, we absolutely 100% understand. We see you. You're not alone. It is not hopeless. There is there is help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, and for me, it was so different because I wasn't, like when I was a kid, I was happy. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't go through anything that like emotionally would put me in, in a state where I was upset or sad or depressed or anxious. I didn't experience those feelings. And so for me, when I start, I was dealing with being more chronically ill and I was having, I was very, very social too, like all throughout college, super social. And then when you get to a space where you have to, like you're in pain or you have to manage your energy and you start becoming in a more of a depressive Mm -hmm. state, I started to hermit. Like I've never been a hermit in my life. And I started to hermit and like, then that became normal for me where I would force interactions and I would force being around friends. And if I was around them, like I'd be happy and outgoing and whatever, but it's still like to this day, something that I'm recovering from Mm -hmm. to not be a recluse. Right. Well, because you want to act normal and fit and do all the things, but it comes at a cost, Mm -hmm. especially in that moment of hey, you want to go do things. And when you're out, you've saved all of that energy to go out and be quote unquote normal. So no one thinks anything's wrong with you because we get really good at hiding 
the pain. Maybe it's, hey, we cut out at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock when the pain starts Mm -hmm. to kick in because we've done too much or, you know, like lights and sounds and all of those Mm -hmm. things, they're taxing on us and just paying attention sometimes. Yes. Just engaging in, like, I will have, I still have conversations and with my brain is not there. And I feel so bad because I know it on the inside, like this person wants to engage with me or I change. I did it to you yesterday because it was whatever in the afternoon and I changed the subject. You were telling me how terrible you felt. And I was like trying to get off the phone so you could finish doing what you were doing Mm -hmm. and rest. But I was like, she's gonna think I'm a jerk because I was just like, oh, well, here's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Like it was one of those things, but we think about that. And then there's the anxiety of, if I'm not who I was before, because mm-hmm. you and I are both outgoing, we've never yeah. met a stranger, drop us off anywhere, we'll survive, we've got it handled, we'll yeah. make friends, and it'll be the biggest party. Are you a yellow? Are you a personality? Are you? I'm a mixture. I did it once, and I'm a yellow and a something else. But so, I, I think that something else comes from my journey, and I'm not like naturally that something else, but my journey made me that something else, and I still struggle to get out of that. Like. I am a very introverted extrovert where mm-hmm. I used to just be full blown extrovert. And it got to a point where it's like awkward, where yeah. I, would, I went through a phase where my friends, like my good friends would make fun of me and be like, she's the most awkward person. But it's because I would have to, and I don't care about that. I'd rather, I tell my kids this all the time, I'd rather be weird than normal. Yeah, the best of us are. Yeah, but it, it got to be a joke, but it that was my, that was me internally dealing with things that were too much that all of a sudden I would just shut down and they viewed that as awkward, which is totally fine. But I knew that it was just me needing to go into self-preservation mode. Yeah. And that's a really tough space to be. And for me, you know, I, I would dip some, sometimes, especially postpartum we've talked about into lower moods, but for me, it was flat. I was very, very flat. It was very hard for me to feel anything Mm -hmm. and i mean in in terms of even with my husband like i would feel nothing emotions were too much for me to process to handle my energy was completely drained that it was very hard for me to actually laugh and like feel like i'm not forcing myself to laugh but where you're actually feeling those endorphins and the happiness i was just flat for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and it's even to this day i feel like just now like years past my journey, I'm finally able to reconnect to some of those emotions that are more like fulfilling um, and more energy kind of taxing. Yeah. I'm finally able to reconnect with those. It's taken like four years past when I would consider when I quote stopped being ill. Yeah. I mean, it is. And it's a, it's a process. So I do want to encourage you and hopefully over this month of December that we put words to what you're feeling and mm-hmm. kind of what you're going through. And especially um, with, I, I know this is, we're just humans on this episode and in our episodes yeah. for December, because that's just where we are, but find, find a practitioner that can help find either whether it's a counselor or a, psycho- a psychologist psychologist, psychiatrist, a life coach. I tell the patients this all the time. It doesn't have to be like a formal psychiatrist. It could be someone at the church. It could be a friend. It could be whoever can lend you some listening ears 
and help you move forward. Um, and in our, our next episode, we'll kind of talk more on the practitioner side, what that looks like, but even stepping out of like our, our chronic, both what Anakin and I have in common is our chronically ill journey. Mm-hmm. Even stepping out of that for me, going back, like work, <laughs> yeah. work is something that I constantly have to just regulate my emotions. And it wasn't always like that. Like when back in, I don't know, I was 20, no, 21, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Uh, when we were living in Florida as a medical scribe in the ER and I had never been exposed to things that I was exposed to in the ER before. And I was in a pediatric ER Mm. and it's just, you see things and you hear things and you witness things. And it is so emotionally taxing for someone who's naturally an empath Yes, that I would get in the car after every single shift and just bawl. And I would call Will and he got to the point where he's like, I'm sorry, babe. Like, I can't hold this. Like, you need to stop telling me these things. Right. So I'd have to call my mom. And I, I would, I had like a 35 minute drive home and I would call my mom after every shift and be like, just bawling. And this is what I saw. And that for me at that point in life was really tough because my only defense mechanism was to disassociate. And I was mm-hmm. starting to get sick. That was the beginning of my chronic mental right. journey. So disassociation was a huge problem that I was having anyway. Right. And And your body was trying to protect yourself emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. spiritually, all of that. And your body's smart. So if you don't talk out those emotions or journal them or write them down or something and just get them out of your body because you'll think about them. And then that creates that depressive state of all this crazy stuff is happening in my life and I can't do anything about it. God can, but I can't do anything about it. And it's not mine to deal with right. anyway. I have to just move, move through it. So I, I get it. I mean, there were so many times when just going through, let's see, I'd been in my Lyme journey about kind of midway through, uh, I would, people would ask me to talk to their families mm-hmm. and ex- put words to what they were feeling because they were in the spot where they couldn't communicate, they couldn't put yeah. it into words. So I would sit down with husbands and friends and parents and be like, so that's where, is it a good day or a great day? Right. Came from a good day is I'm alive. I'm up kind of moving around. A great day is when I can do everything. Um, and I spend my energy and then I pay for it, but I get to do more things and maybe that's a holiday. Maybe that's a birthday party, but it's going to cost me three days in the future. So how do I schedule out my day that way? But a good never ask someone that's chronically ill if they're okay because they're not they're just not so ask is today a good day or a great day mm-hmm. a good day is we're alive we're okay a great day is we're up and doing things mm-hmm. and we may not look i got that all the time well you don't look sick oh my gosh that doesn't mean that i'm not yeah and that, that's a that's a huge tough part to where that was great english um where- <laughs> Good, good words. It was a good tough part um, where like I, I never looked at either and I never acted at either in terms of what other people were obser- observing. Right. And then that plays a toll on you because then you're like, well, people don't understand what I'm going through. But at some degree, I didn't allow them to understand nobody. And it would be much different now, I think. But back then I was much younger and 
I didn't, I held everything. Mm -hmm. I held all those emotions, like everything I was getting in terms of working in the ER and just disassociating there. And then everything I was feeling, I would not, I didn't tell anybody. I mean, Will would get it, but he would see it because he would see the, the byproduct of me holding my SHIT together all day. Right. And then getting in front of him and I have nothing, nothing left to give. Yeah. And so he saw it, but it puts you in a space where it's conflicting, where it's like, well, none of my friends and family know what I'm going through because they can't see it, but also I'm not letting them in to be able to help me. But what could they really do to help me? Right. Like, what would they really do, honestly? Right. And at that point in my life, I didn't feel like there was anything that anyone could help me with. Yeah, because you didn't know what you, you didn't know, know what, what options were there. Right. Yeah. So and my mom and dad held that space for me, my mom more than anybody, because she would just She'd get me out of the house. I told you I'd go to the grocery store mm -hmm. and I'd have to wear super dark sunglasses and hear like noise canceling interrupts just to go to the grocery store. Couldn't drive. Not like I was just at that space where everything was too much. And so mm -hmm. my mom would, my mom really caught the brunt of all of that. So when I would get frustrated or overwhelmed, she would notice mm -hmm. and she'd be like, hey, take a break, go take a nap, go oh, get away. Amazing. So I'm so thankful for my mama yeah, to yeah. do to do that. And, um, you know, my dad would come and check on me and I would sleep. That's that time that I was sleeping mm -hmm. a lot. Like, I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I'd move from the couch on my infrared mat to the bed and mm -hmm. that was about it. And I was having to figure out what meals I could eat because gluten and dairy were triggers at that mm -hmm. time too. So they're all having pizza and I'm having like... Oh my God. Yeah, or pesto and pepperoni, like, you know, gluten-free pepperoni and dairy-free pepperoni. Like, it was just, it was nuts. So I'm so thankful that they, yeah. they took that for me. But it's like, hey, there's nothing but time and going through whatever protocols or getting the help that you need to help heal that, like getting out and moving more or just resting well, or vice versa feel good yeah honestly and i don't like and again anakin and i we share the journey of being either currently or past chronically ill but i don't want this conversation only to be around that because a lot of you don't have that experience and we want to make sure that like there's other aspects to us as well there's yes. aspects as spouses there's aspects as business owners or just employees or whatever it is that all contribute to how we feel too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something for me that more recently I had to work on and I still work on, I think I'm a little bit better, is I do take on people's emotions and feelings so much. And then you sit in front of people who are giving their emotions and feelings to you all day that at first, because of my past, my only defense mechanism was to disassociate. Right. And to compartmentalize and put their feelings over there and my feelings over here. And I didn't understand that I have to process my own feelings after going through a day of hearing other feel other people's feelings and their chronically ill right. journeys and what they're going through and suffering with. And that's a line I've had to be very careful with because for two reasons. One is patients honestly tend not to care what the practitioner is going through and that's fair because like you as a patient would be in front of me to have to get my help so whatever i'm going through is irrelevant to why you're there but that can be a huge just snowball right where then 
like even when I'm physically ill, like I have in the last two weeks, patients don't care. Love you guys, but the patients don't care. They come for my help and they want my help. And so you have to not take that personally. Right. That was a big thing I had to learn. And then the other thing I had to learn was not to disassociate from your feelings if you're sitting in front of me, but to just have a different space for them than my own so that I can truly remain compassionate and care about what you're going through instead of just getting sick of hearing other people's problems all day, every day. And that's just, that's just fact. It's the nature of your business. Yeah. I mean, so your patients don't come for you to you just for well checkups or wellness. Like you deal with us chronic yeah. weirdos that have been dealing this I didn't with call this. you weird she did I did well because I'm one of <laughs> I'm one of you it's okay but it's you know what I've seen eight doctors before I met you like that's hard that's really hard yeah and you by the time you get to me you're frustrated you're just not secure with the journey that you've been through you're not confident in it yeah and so yeah that that part is what I get all the time is by the time people sit in front of me, they are done. Yeah. And to absorb that on my side, ooh, oh, it's a lot. And there, there'd be days where before there are still some days where I'm like, whoa, like th- this is a lot for me. I need just to be by myself mm-hmm. because if I don't before there would be a lot of days where I come home. And I couldn't even find words to speak to my husband. Like I would, I had no mental capacity to hold a conversation with him because I was so drained emotionally, not, not just physically or mentally. Like my brain mentally can go all day in terms of like looking at your laps and doing all that. But the emotional aspect, I would come home and nothing. I could give me nothing. Well, your patients aren't just their labs. They're, they're, we're people to her. Mm-hmm. We are, because she's been through it. Like lots of our interviews and lots of our um, our guests that have been on, they've been through the story. They've been through it themselves, which makes them a better practitioner, a better human being to do what they're doing. But it, there's, of course, there's a stress mm-hmm. on it because you have to, I mean, I'm sure listening to stories that are very similar to you, your body remembers that. Yeah. And your body feels that. Although you know now that you're safe and you've moved past that, but right. those triggering, those triggering things and thoughts and emotions, like your body processes Absolutely. that and if you don't, you know, kind of put on your emotional shawl before you walk into a patient, yeah. like you absorb all of that and you can't and help I, it not to. Right. I think it's true for anybody who takes care of anybody. It's not just me seeing patients, but let's say like a customer service agent. Like you get the emotions Mm -hmm. and the anger and irritability of whoever's calling to ask for help, or you're taking care of your grandma who has Alzheimer's and dementia, or Mm -hmm. you're taking care of your mom or your sibling or whoever is taking care of somebody else. Like that caregiver compassion burnout is very real. Yes. And you have to take the time to process your own emotions and not just stuff them down stuff them down exactly because that creates a very toxic environment in your own self and i know that you and i in the past have worked at places that have become very very toxic um and it's maybe not necessarily the place or everyone in the place but there are people and 
Everybody does that. I would also say, raise your hand if yeah. you've worked in some toxic environment. Yeah. Absolutely. Anna Kate and I both have. And I think where we also share similarities is that I'm the type of person where if I'm committed to something, I am doing it 110%. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you my all and everything I got. And it's an unfortunate thing to be because some people take advantage of that. Yep. And that, but it's, that's me. That's me. I'm not going to change. Even though I see them taking advantage of it, it's still my own personal morals and ethics that I'm going to give this what I committed to 110%. Yes. But then there's a point. Yes, (laughs) there is a point where it becomes too much and you're sick and frustrated and you're dreading going to work and going to meetings and having the conversations and doing the things that yes it's and then that spills over into this is home. us both trying to not say too much with yes. saying enough <laughs> but i mean this has been a thing like i mean even back to you know when i was in my early 20s and yeah. like not you know just every time that we have been called to do something better and more and god's leading us in a different direction it makes he makes it unbearable. Oh my gosh. And then he's like, okay, but if you put this down, I have something better for you. And you pick this up and it'll be fine. Yeah. I already know. I Okay. So God knows every day that we're going to let him knows every, mm-hmm. how many hairs on the top of our heads. It's not a surprise to him, but every day we get to open a gift called the present mm-hmm. that he has written. He knows what's in, in the present. So like on Christmas morning, you know what you've got in your kids. Mm-hmm. They don't know but you're excited to see them open it and see what is in store for them. And I take every day, like, hey, this is, thank you, you know, this is a surprise to you. It's not, I don't need to worry about it. So, I mean, the sparrows get fed. I don't have to worry about it. So I I think it's shifting that perspective. Yeah, and I think it's very easy to forget about that because especially when you are in such a toxic work environment, like let's say that that work environment is giving you stability like financial stability or security that we get so caught up in continuing down that cycle that toxic cycle that's really bad for us physically mentally emotional spiritually because we feel stuck and i just i'm such a huge proponent that i don't want other people ever feeling stuck because i know that feeling like i felt stuck at my last job and i it was in this terrible cycle and i know for six months before i left that god was placing it on my heart every drive there i was like it was in my spirit that i was like i am not supposed to be here Mm -hmm. i'm not supposed to be here any longer and it kept growing and growing and growing and i ignored you know what out of it and then things exploded and i'm so thankful that they did because it forced me out of that cycle Mm But it is, and, that, and that's a huge part of, of the reason that's why I started my own practice is I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm not being part of somebody else's environment that it's where it's toxic, where you have no control over how to fix things, like mm-hmm. easy things that can be fixed or solutions that can be provided because it's not good for me right, to be in that. And it's also not good for me to overwork and that take away from me being at home with my kids. Mm-hmm or being able to homeschool. And so it like shifting into my practice now, I love my patients and I wish I had the capacity for them to work five days a week because I could see so many more and help so many more, but I cannot because that sacrifice, that would then sacrifice me as a person mm-hmm. and the care that I give and also take away 
sorry, patients, from the most important part of my life, which is my family. Right. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that, but I am like so, I don't know. I feel so, there's a word that I don't know the word for, but I just wish and hope that people can be so confident in themselves that if they're in that cycle, no matter what security that job is giving you or offering, that you can be confident enough in yourself to move on. Yes. When you are, you know, being told to move on. Yes. <laughs> that you can listen to that, honor it, and honor yourself and move away from that situation. Yeah. Trust that a way will be made. Yeah. And it might be really scary. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say it's not going to be scary, but there is no, there's nothing you could tell me that would allow me to justify you staying in a super toxic work environment. Right. And you having that balance and knowing you need to set boundaries, not only for your own personal health, but also Mm -hmm. to be able to be with your family. And you've got three kids, one on the way. Like if you're a mom. okay. so I snuggled with three puppies this morning. All crawling all over me like it's great. I love Mm -hmm. them. But it's the emotional tax and blessing of kids of having to hold all of their things as they're growing and all of all of that going on. Like I totally, like if you don't make space for that and balance, then you're doing a disservice to your family, which is yes. the five most important, or four most, five, five now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Five, yes. yeah, <laughs> five now and yourself, right? And then that also allows you when you have that space and time, to be, to unplug and be with your family and do the things that you can be a better practitioner on the days that you are in the office. That is why you as a practitioner is worlds above everyone else that we've been to. So especially going into allopathic offices, like it's just in and out, in and out. And there's no connection. There's no, like, I like that I got to connect with you. Now Mm -hmm. you and I have a different relationship than just practitioner and patient but when I was just your patient Mm -hmm. we connected just on an emotional level that I couldn't do with someone that was just you know running people through their office and that's very true because I don't with conventional doctors they are limited by the confines of insurance and so they have seven minutes with you whatever it is and that doesn't allow for that emotional connection like you Mm -hmm. couldn't do that with 45 patients in a day no at all. So I, I can't dismiss that aspect of it, but that's also why I chose, because you can, you have a choice. You, I chose to practice this way where minimum I'm with you 30 minutes. Yeah. Usually it's an hour, mm-hmm. you know, and that then allows me to, yes, connect with the patient to remain compassionate and truly care about you versus getting super stressed out and burned out. And then moving in front of you cold. Right. and not connected but that's a huge that took a long time and i think it's very hard in like quote normal nine to fives to maintain that mm-hmm. but you have to because not everybody owns their own thing right some people love their job and they're in the, in the mix of following by someone else's rules but that doesn't mean that you can't do what you can throughout the day to center yourself right and to bring yourself back at ease or at peace or you're not where it's just beneficial to you and and your state of mind and your emotions. So how do you do that as a, as a mom, as a mom, as a practitioner, as 
wifey. I hide and I literally hide in our office. I am going to say this and then people are going to come find me. That's fine. I hide in our office. I hide in our detox room, especially. So yeah. in between patients, I go in there. We have like this pink Himalayan foot dome. I take my shoes off. I put my feet on it. It's nice and warm. I close the door. I tell Heidi where I'm at, but that's it. Yep. And I, I sit there and it might just be for five minutes, but I close my eyes. I don't have my phone and I just breathe. The other thing I do is in between each patient, I don't scramble. I'm not like, because I finish my charting in with the patient and then I go on to the next, the next one's ready. I listen to the intake, whatever. After I listen to the intake, I stand in the hallway for a second. I breathe. I close my eyes before I walk in. Yeah. Because it's a reset. It's just a little tiny reset button. Right. So for someone else that might look like it between phone calls or before calling a client or calling, you know, making a sale or whatever it is, kind of allow yourself to feel what just happened with that previous client mm-hmm. let it sit take a breath fresh start moving forward right because you I have want, to do. yeah you don't want to bring the last conversation into the next conversation no because that is just that's a whole thing because then it well. snowballs right. and it's like if you had a really demanding interaction previously now you're in this space where you're like oh okay now I have to go talk to this person. And it's just, it sets you up for a negative interaction. Um, something else that I do that I, I personally have to do, and I think a lot of people should do, especially people who have a spouse waiting at home or kids mm-hmm. waiting at home or anybody else who needs your attention, is absorbing what you did at work and then not allowing it to enter your home. Right. And the way that I do that is I either do it after work or on my street, then I just stop. And I, I get in the car and I stop on our street, not around anybody. When it's nice out, I just step outside in the sunshine, feet in the grass yep. for like, I'm not kidding, three minutes. And I have this little app. I forget what it's called. I have an app that does like three minute, five minute meditations. Yeah. And I'll either, sometimes I'll just open the door and sit in my car. Other times I'll get outside. Three minutes just to reset. And it just clears up my mind to then walk in the house and be like okay you know today was a really long day at work mm-hmm. but my kids aren't going to know that my husband's not going to know that because i've taken care of myself mm-hmm. throughout the day and then reset at the end of the day and now part two can happen yep you know yep and do find the find the space make the yeah, space make the space like go put go hug a tree it's getting cold outside i'm probably not going to put my feet i've done it before I've gone and put my feet on snowy ground and like stuffed on the yeah. on the spots that were didn't have snow on them, but it was really cold. So go hug a tree, go put your feet on the ground, take a bath, snuggle anything. puppy, something yeah. that you just unplug. You're not in front of the screen. Yeah. Just get get grounded. Absolutely, because the other side of it is what I would notice, and even if like let's take work out of the picture, because if we're talking about just being a parent in general. <laughs> the, the hardest job on the face of the earth mm-hmm. the what i would notice if in my personal life i mean that like in work or whatever is happening if things were building and building and building then i would come home and i get overstimulated like crazy yes i mean i walk in the door and Gina's like mama 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 snap and jackson's like huggy and it's all positive things and like will's listening to something on his phone and i'm just like uh-huh. Like, I can't do it. Like, it's too much. Or, like, we'll be sitting on the couch and the kids will be in bed. 
and we'll have a TV on, and then Will plays a video on, on his phone, and I'll look at him, I'll be like, babe, my brain cannot mm-hmm. handle pick a sound, because yes. I cannot handle it, and I know that's my central nervous system screaming for help to, like, slow down, right, and decompress, mm-hmm. and take care of yourself, and, like, my inner peace is, is thrown off when, when that happens, um, so... I've worked really hard. I'm still working hard on this aspect, but I have to be very intentional from the start of my day. Mm-hmm. So I used to wake up like in this crazy rush because I love sleep. I do. I need sleep. I mm-hmm. love sleep. So I'd really push the limits of like waking up late mm-hmm. and needing to be out of the house in 20 minutes. Try that with three kids. It works out fantastically. It's not going to work any better with four. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to get worse. It's going to get worse. But then I would wake up and, okay, cool, I got to sleep an extra 30 minutes, but now I'm panicked right. because I'm late and I'm rushing to brush my teeth. I'm rushing to get the kids. I'm rushing to get downstairs. And now you cannot disturb my peace in the morning no matter what. I wake up and even, like, I obviously wake up a little bit earlier, but I'm not disturbed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to walk slowly. I'm going to allow myself to wake up. I'm going to take a warm shower. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to hug my kids. And I'm sorry for my first patients of the morning, but sometimes that means I'm 10, 12 minutes late because I decided to hug Jane a little extra longer. But before, I would feel so guilty about that and like irresponsible. And now I'm like, no, like she was calling for me. She wants me to be in this space with her. So I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. And if that means being seven minutes late for my first appointment, we'll be okay. Yeah. Most people will wait in an office for 40 right. minutes. So it's fine. It's fine. Right. That you, that, hey, I got to spend a little more time with my kids. Right. So. Absolutely. And I think the other thing as just anybody is taking time to do something for yourself also. Like for me, and this looks different, but for me, I go get a facial once a month with the most amazing human in the world. I get my hair done. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get my nails done. I don't need all that. But I used to, like, those are my two things. And when I used to have them scheduled, I would feel so rushed and so guilty. And I have how much hair? It takes hours. And so I would go and I'd be there and I'd, like, literally be sweating. And be like, and it's not enjoyable. Right. Because I'd be like, I need to get home. Like, this is, I'm not working today. Like, I should be home. Like, you know, and it's stressful. And I'd rush home. And I'm like, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not going to feel guilty about getting our hair done and having my coffee Yep. and just relaxing for a minute. Yes. We're not going to do it. Because you need to have that boundary of, I can take my time. I can do this. The kids are okay. They're with mm-hmm. my mom or they're with Will. Yes, or... Will is very capable. Like, and he would say, like, the worst part is it was totally on me. Because I would tell him that. I would, like, be on the way home and go, hey, babe, I'm on the way home. Like, I'm coming back. And he'd be like, okay. Like, why are you Why are you, why are you rushing? Right. Why, why are you We're fine. Like the kids like, are asleep. Yeah. Jackson's playing. We're good game. here. Like, He's like, you know I got this, right? And I was like, I know, I know. But I'll be home in 12 minutes. ETS, yeah. 12 minutes. And I'm like, what? We don't need that kind of stress. We don't need that kind of stress. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I really had to focus on just slowing myself down mm-hmm. and the other component is like this this discovery doc stuff is for the first two years like my laptop would be open all the time in front of my kids i'd go home and work or i'd go to work i'd come home i'd open my laptop i'd be doing all this stuff for the mm-hmm. discovery doc and i'm just like boundaries right 
like I, I there are some days and this can apply to anything with whatever work you have or things that you're working on the side like allow yourself to have the space for some days just close your laptop mm-hmm. don't do work if, if your heart doesn't feel like you want to do work right now don't do it don't do it <laughs> don't do it yeah, i used there, to get caught up in yeah. that all the time yeah there are times when it's like uh, okay so it creates anxiety not anxiety yes. in me when like, well because she'll be up late when she puts the kids to bed and she has the time to work on podcast stuff or whatever and so i have to turn my phone off because otherwise it'll ding at 11 30 and then i'm up because mm-hmm. i don't want to let her down so there have been times that like tuesdays and thursdays i'm changing how this is working yeah. in our world yeah because i was so um over vigilant mm-hmm. that i would stress myself out yeah and that's with anything if you have like i understand because i'm very type a like i love checking things off my list i hate going to bed with things left to do mm-hmm. it used to drive me absolutely crazy i would have to do it before i went to bed and you have to allow yourself to look at that task list and prioritize and be like okay not today I'm not feeling this. So I'm going to do this one thing, but I'm sorry. These six other things can wait until tomorrow. We're not brain surgeons. No. And it just, you have to give yourself the grace there and to allow yourself to close your laptop, to be present in whatever you are doing that day, Mm -hmm. whether it's by yourself, with your spouse, with your kids, whatever it might be, and not feel guilty. And I used to, it's crazy because I used to have so much in the back of my mind, even while I was with my kids. You're like, oh, I need to do this, 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 and this. And it would take away from me being present. And I've really had to work on, like, no, no. That yep. stuff is secondary. Yep. Like, that stuff can wait to how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and how my kids are feeling. And then I'll get to that, which is why I do things at 11 o'clock at yeah. night, sometimes when they're in bed. But some nights I'm like, no, I'm literally going to go binge watch The Real Housewives of whatever mm-hmm. for two hours. Yeah. And not open my laptop. Yep. And Sometimes that's okay. You just need a brain a brain break. And there are things that we go through and I like and I set to do lists for her and say, Hey, mm-hmm. we've got three days to do this. I like to get it done. So then I can play with the things that I need to play with for a couple yes. of weeks and then get it back to her and vice versa. Like it, it's just one of those things that we don't let the the stress is gonna come, but we don't let it dictate yes. every area. We deal with it and work through it. And it may take a couple of days to work through the stress, but it doesn't rule everything. Exactly. And I, I think kind of a, a side note to this is, I think society's done a really good job with people who work that says that work needs to be your priority nine to five every single day. And then that means that you're missing a lot of life outside of that. And it's okay to let that go. And it's okay to explore other things that might give you that balance or that freedom or flexibility because I promise you like the first couple years that I was working and I was again I hit and had both of you I was probably giving 60 hours of my life to those people a week mm-hmm. for nothing in return and it was taking away from Thanksgiving performances Christmas performances I would have to miss them I would try to stream it on my phone while I'm on a phone call with somebody else and I'm like, it, there is nothing that would make me miss those moments ever again. And so just knowing that it's okay to say, to put your foot down mm-hmm. and say, no, listen, my kid 
has this thing on this day and I will not be here. Right. And find your value. You have value. Whatever you are working on or working in or working for, they need you. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't feel like they do, they need your expertise, whatever that is. So I just don't want people, especially women, to ever feel like they have to choose a side. They have to choose working or being a mom. Right. Because it's about boundaries. It's about putting your foot down. It's about knowing your priorities and making space for that and not letting anybody disturb it. Right. So on our, if you can wrap up kind of the five or six things as we wrap up, this has been a kind of a long episode, but we were getting into all the things. So what are things that are important for you to create balance? I'm sure that your priority list is kind of the same as mine um, for the most part. So I don't have physical baby children, but I do have kids in my life that are my nephews and friends, kids, and you know, their things are important. Yeah, so making 100%. time for them and to do the things. So what are the top priorities for you? So my family. Number one. Number one is my family where I I will move anything to be present for whatever they need me present for. Right. Whether it's a little five-year-old soccer game or um, like Jackson has a mother's tea on Monday or you know ava has a christmas performance and they mm-hmm. haven't told me the date yet but as soon as they tell me the date i'm sorry those patients will be moved yes like that is my my biggest priority is i don't want i love my job and i love the discovery doc and i love what we do but the worst thing that could happen is my kids looking back on their childhood being like mommy was working all the time yeah mommy's always on her phone yes because yeah. i right and it's social media so it's i have to be on a laptop or on a phone um that is my biggest fear and that so I'm working very hard to prioritize them at any given moment yeah. even even my puppies do that if I've been on my phone yes. they'll, they'll do this yeah they're like, they'll, what are you they'll doing? nudge and they'll like sit on top get up in my lap and sit yeah. on top of me like I need your attention right now stop doing whatever you're doing stop I'm it like, right okay. they even notice it's crazy yeah. um number two is travel yes I love to travel I am very blessed in the fact that I have a very supportive husband who allows me to satisfy this side of me mm-hmm. without kids. Like it doesn't, we could have 10 kids and he'd be like, all right, babe, Peace. see you later. Bye. Yeah. Because it's not him. He doesn't, he doesn't, he'll travel because I want to, but he'll just go because I want to. Yeah. Once we're there, he's like, okay, this is cool. Like I like this, but he doesn't have that itch like I do. So my sister and I would go on a girl's trip once a year. Nice. You know, I go on other girls trips. I by myself, I little quick ones, right? Um, and then Will and I try to go one place by ourselves every year. Mm-hmm. And then with the kids, we'll do, I'll have what I call effort moments. Um, <laughs> because I, you have to, like, you work so hard. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, if we don't have effort moments, what are we doing? What are we waiting for? Like, they're, sometimes you just got to do it. They're freedom moments. Yes, they're freedom moments where I'm just like, hey, you guys want to go, like, in an Airbnb in the middle of Tennessee? For yeah. a night, like yeah. let's just go hang out in a cabin and play board games and have a fire and go in the hot tub. Yeah. Like or whatever on the spot. Like let's you could do something little. Like let's go oh yeah, we have all this work to do, whatever. Let's go on a nature walk. Mm-hmm. Like forget that. Let's just go on a nature walk. Epic moments you have to just randomly allow for yourself to have that freedom and flexibility. Right. The discovery dot sure. needs a freedom moment. 
to go to Italy and to Paris, and I'm putting that on our I'm putting that on our list. It's our girls' trip, <laughs> right? We're just we recording like a the three whole time. Yeah. Just hiatus, mm-hmm. and we will we will keep recording out there. Yeah. Um, obviously, then physically, I try to do what I can um, with supplements, with you know, doing things like infrared sauna or you know, working out, whatever it might be. I but I also give myself grace. There's yeah. some days where I don't feel like it and I don't want to, and that's okay. Right. But I try to be as consistent as I can with that. Um, sleep. Number no, sleep. number two behind family is the other number one yes. is sleep. Sleep. And not like it used to be super fun to stay up until 3 a.m. and like binge watch things or whatever. And over the years, I'm like, no, if I disrupt my sleep, then I don't feel good. Right. I don't feel good mentally, emotionally, physically. So you will not get me. It's very rare that you can get me out of my routine with sleep. Mm-hmm. Because it is so darn important to just how you feel in general. Um, the other one is asking for help. And this can look very different, right? We talked a little bit of, of course, like counselor, psychologist, mm-hmm. whatever. But I just mean in everyday life. If your task list is 100 points long, delegate yeah ask for help but you also have to then trust that that person can execute what you're giving them yeah and so it used to be like i'm very type a my husband is not and so i would ask him to do something but then i tried to control him doing yeah what i asked here you do this no i'll do it because you're not going to do it right exactly. but I'll, I'll help you do this. or like 32 yeah. seconds goes by and he hasn't done, done it, it yet yeah. and i'm like fine i'll just do it and so I've had to let go of those reins and we're different people. Eventually yeah. he'll get it done. Is it on as quick as I would? No. Does it look like how I would do it? No. But that doesn't mean it's wrong or bad. And so being able to release that control and release those reins and delegate and trust that it will get done right. was very and is very hard for me, but that's huge. Yeah. And last but not least, which I would prioritize as number one, is prayer and God. And because if that is not central in our home, then nothing else follows. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the way that I start my day. So this year in 2023, uh, and I will continue into 2024, is reading um, every reading through the Bible every day. And there are some days that it's like in the genealogies and all the stuff. And I'm like, this, this is so boring. But yeah. it reminds me that so there were 144 relationships that had to happen for you to exist today. Ooh. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. For me to be existing in today as who I am and where I am in life, there were all these other things that were knit together. So I feel super special. With that yeah. gene. And I don't know them. I don't know. I mean, I know one or two great-grandparents back, but there were hundreds of people that's that wild. made me happen mm-hmm. so i cannot not be thankful for that so well, in, you appreciate yep. Huh? yep so in the prayer doing the things and when it becomes too overwhelming i just give it back to god and be like i picked mm-hmm. this up i'm sorry i don't want this this yeah. is stressful you can have it you can back, have it back. Thank you. Want it anymore. i'm gonna go take a nap and you deal with this <laughs> so. it's so true but we just we really want to encourage you guys this month and just know that whatever you're going through is valid and we want to just help reassure you and possibly help you navigate whatever you're going through um but ultimately just know that 
it's okay and allowed to feel any emotion that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And we have some really cool guests coming on. Um, Our next episode will be a little more on the practitioner side of things. Um, But then we have some really cool guests coming on. We have a gold medalist, a professional athlete, and then we have a holistic psychiatrist. So just some awesome opportunities for you guys to connect to different people in different ways where you might not connect to our stories, what we've been through, but we want to just provide you with resources that might help you get through whatever time you're going through. It's okay to be right where you are. Take a breath and let's move forward. Exactly. And until then, let's let's discover discover together. We hope you've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the Discovery Doc podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Discovery Doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind the scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.